You are listening to the Desire to Retire podcast. The podcast that reduces that sense of feeling overwhelmed when you think about your retirement. You can go from woe to wow with your retirement plan. I'm your host, Estelle Kelly. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Desire to Retire, Ready or Not. Now, we all know what we are retiring from. Less certain is what we are retiring to. Hello, I'm Estelle Kelly, Retirement Life Coach, and together with Alice Mantell, a Sydney-based lawyer and author, we are going to dispel some of the unknowns and uncertainties professionals have when they begin to think about retirement. Together, Alice and I hope to impart helpful information to enable professionals to face retirement and retirement planning without fear. And Alice is the author of a book, Every Woman's Guide to Retirement. And this is uh, available on Alice's website, mantelladvisory.com.au. Now, today's chat is about becoming retirement ready. So I don't know if you knew this, Alice, but in Australia, research has shown um, that the pre-retirement cohort of Australians falls into three main groups. That is a group, uh, the first group are those people who think, yep, it's just part of life and everything will be fine. The second group are those who think about it. Oh, gosh, that's right. I'm getting older. Um, retirement's <laughs> on its way. Uh, maybe I better do something about it. And so, and mostly they think about saving for their retirements. And the third group are those people who um, they monitor, they plan in detail, and they've got their retirement down pat. So now... I know that Alice has done a lot of research around retirement um, and she's been through that uh, change and uh, that's something I've been through as well, changing from a full-time profession into uh, a different way of living life, the next stage of life. So, um, Alice, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. Um, now, why do you think it's better to prepare for retirement? I think one of the really basic reasons is that retirement lasts for at least 20 years for most people. So if you retire, say, at 65, you're still going to be around, healthy and alive and willing and active at, at 85. And that is actually a big change. It's almost a generational change. Our parents could have expected maybe five, ten years. The generation before them was lucky to get anything like that. If you were born in the 1880s, you probably would be lucky to live until you're 55. So there is an awful long time that you need to think about what you're going to do. Um, that's one reason. The research has been, is clear that preparing for retirement actually gives you a better result. Just like preparing for a driver's licence, you wouldn't not practice uh, driving before you went for your driver's licence. Um, the long time that we've got is also related to 
what are you going to do with it? We One of the, the big steps is changing from the work environment to the non-planned work environment. Um, I think that you cannot underestimate how much we, our whole identity is related to our work. And I think uh, that is one of those things that people need to think about. And it's one of the reasons people are afraid of retirement because our social status, our income, our friendships often are related to our work environment. So stepping away from that, although there may be lots of negatives about working, certainly we might just be tired of it. Mm. Um, we still know that we are walking away from something that's been a fundamental part of our life's framework for many years. Um, so actually planning for it, me planning for a retirement period when you're walking away from that will give you a, a better framework and a better way of making an adjustment. It doesn't stop that sort of initial transition period, uh, which can last for one to two years for many people, but it does stop having that period of depression, which a lot of people do experience once they leave work. Yeah. Yes, um, certainly we are living so much longer and we're so much healthier, aren't we, these days, which yes. is which is terrific because we can have a real quality of life despite the fact we might be getting up near 80 years of age. So I can't imagine it yet, but, you know, it will happen, I hope. Well, for most of us it does. It does, yeah. Thanks, Alice. Okay, um, now this is the big question that I find. Um, I remember asking my financial planner this question and he said, how long is a piece of string? Alice, can you help us? Will I have enough money for my retirement? <laughs> and I'm going to say exactly the same thing because what I think is enough to live on and, and be comfortable on, it may not be what you think is comfortable and enough to live on. And, and I mean, there's reasons for that. I mean, we have a whole lifetime before us um, where we, you know, it had, had money to spend. We had an income. We had... And we lived in a certain property, we lived in a certain way, and all of a sudden that is going to stop. Now, obviously, um, people who, you know, earn more and have more superannuation are going to be somewhat more comfortable than the rest of us. But that is not the only thing uh, that makes people happy or not happy. What, what is important is, you know, are you having a meaningful life? And that money alone does not fix that problem. That's why I'm talking about planning and saying, thinking, think about your mental activities, think about physical exercise, um, think about what, what is it that makes your, gives your life meaning. Some people actually think about, you know, can I give back to the uh, community? You know, all these years, you know, the community has done various things for me. I want to give back. Um, I think the other thing that is important, regardless of your income, um, is to think that your expenditure actually does go down. Now, um, we've, we've talked about this before, about having your own house, your own home, is really uh, fundamental in, in terms of having a, a fairly safe retirement. Being in the rental market actually is a much more precarious situation. And unfortunately, when you're looking at... Um, 
the the buying power of young people these days, they don't have nearly as much um, chance of buying at an early age and, and, and having paid off that home by the time they retire, and that's very precarious. Um, so there, there are also, so I'm thinking in terms of having enough money, I still think that we, we are lucky in this Australia and that we have an aged pension. It's not a huge amount, but if you've got a home, you can certainly survive on it. You don't have to spend on your work clothes. You don't have to spend on your work activities, travelling to work, all those kinds of things. You don't have to spend, and they are quite significant amounts. Mm. Um, you get concessions for rates, concessions for other things, um, which make, you know, being a retired person a little bit more affordable. Um, and um, But I also think that in the early years of your retirement, you ought to go out and spend a little bit. You know, like having that long holiday, it's, it's an absolute Australian tradition, but I also think it makes that um, transition from work to non-paid work so much easier. You have a holiday, you reward yourself for all your work, and you've got something to look back on, you know, and, yeah. and I think that is something, even if you do it just once in a lifetime, I think that is enough to to make retirement worthwhile because you have got time and when, when you are a working person or a working parent, you don't have time. Everything is very rushed. Um, so I'm, I think it's very important to, to think about the time that you've got and to use it well. Yeah, so um, the change in pace certainly brings you more, more freedom and flexibility um, that's for sure. And look, I know that was my experience when I heard you talk about the reduction in your costs. Um, it does cost you money to go to work. Um, yeah. And you don't have that to the same degree after you make a change in um, mm -hmm. from full time to whatever it is you choose to do. Now, Alice, this is a really interesting question, I think. Um, it and, and there's a bit of history to this, I think. Um, is retirement compulsory? Not in Australia. Um, generally not in Australia, I should say. There was a time when you had to retire compulsorily, mm -hmm. but for most people they can retire virtually any time they want, certainly after the age of 55. Most people don't, in fact. Um, most people continue working until they get close to pension age, which is not the same. It, in pension age is usually what determines when people retire. Depending on when you're born, it's somewhere between 65 and 67 years of age. And we're finding that people, um, particularly over the last five years since that their pension age has been increased, um, people are working just a couple of years longer than they used to be. Mm -hmm. um, there are some statutory positions, unlike in the, the United States, you know, where where judges are there for life, um, we don't have that. Judges, for example, have to retire at 72 here. Um, so, um, so that's also suggesting that there's always voluntary retirement. There's also that concept of involuntary retirement. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about planning, this is actually one of the really significant differences uh, involuntary retirement is far more likely to happen as you get older. You might be made redundant because your employer decides to restructure. You might apply for a contract, but you don't get it. Your contract runs out. You start applying for jobs and, you know, anyone over 50 
will will certainly state there's a lot of age discrimination that goes on, even though officially it's not supposed to occur. Um, most people over 50 find it difficult to get jobs for which they are well and truly qualified. Mm. Um, and there are, then there are other kinds of events that occur as, um, as parents. You know, your child or your grandchild might suddenly have a health event, you know, or your partner has some kind of event which requires them needing full-time care or more care than you can manage if you're um, than, than if you're continuing to work. And so you make the decision. And women are frequently the people who make this um, decision. They retire early from their positions, uh, their paid positions, to go and be a carer mm. um, because their family need it. And when you are in that position, um, it's very difficult to plan for retirement. Yes, and in fact, um, uh, generally, uh, yeah, we do. In Australia, we tend to think, oh, 65 years of age is a good age to retire. But like you said, we don't always get government support if we retire before um, our age, depending on when we were born. Um, but also um, I think uh, statistics also show that a lot of people do end up retiring early because of um, health reasons. It's the biggest factor in early yes. retirement. So if, if you've been forced into retirement through ill health, don't think that you're on your own and that you're the only person that's happened to. <laughs> and, in fact, a, a financial planner that um, I sometimes chat to, he has told me that um, since uh, COVID has impacted our whole world, he is dealing more and more with his clients coming to him and saying, I think I'm going to have to take early retirement. So, yeah, yeah. so we don't always have control of who we know, right. unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so now back to that big question about uh, it's got dollar signs in front of it. <laughs> what if you can't afford to retire? What are the options we've got? Look, there are people who always think, you know, I am indispensable. I will, you know, I need to keep on, you know, the, the organisation uh, needs me um, or I need the money. All of those things are frequently said as being uh, reasons that people refuse to think about retirement. Um, I could give you numerous examples about um, about what happens, uh, you know, people who have this attitude. I'll give you a short one, a short example um, my previous hairdresser, a lady who I'd been seeing for many years, um, and I talked to her about that I'd just written this book and talked about retirement. She said, oh, I'm," and she owned this business. She said, I'm never going to retire. You know, what would I do with myself? You know, how can I possibly, you know, what would I do? And then we chatted a bit further. And then she said, oh, you know, I have a friend of mine who is the, um, the matron of a nursing uh, home, so an aged care facility, and, and they're always looking for a hairdresser to come and, and do their, their, um, their client's hair. Um, let me just say she has now sold that business and she does come in occasionally, but she sold that business and she's moved on to doing something she really likes doing and doing it in a way that actually helps the community and mm -hmm. herself stay engaged with what she wants to do. Um, it's, I, I think there is also an underlying fear there of, of being old and becoming irrelevant. You know, I, I do think that's one reason why people hang on. Um, but mm -hmm. I think the other way to approach it is 
Aging is irrelevant. Is is relevant to all of us. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, a much better way is to say, well, um, you know, I'm going to move on. I'm going to train younger people to do you know, pass on my knowledge, mm-hmm. and and that's that's how it's going to be. You know, we, we can't all be Rupert Murdoch. We don't all want to be Rupert Murdoch. We are more than our jobs, and I think that's another important mm-hmm. um, issue. There's this sort of you know, Protestant work ethic, we must work or, we, you know, we're not paying our way. But we are a lot more than our jobs. And um, this is the time to shine is when you go into retirement. Oh, yes. And I love those ideas that you had, uh, you know, for uh, changing from full-time work into contributing back to your community or doing mm-hmm. something that works better for yourself. That can yeah. be so rewarding. Yeah. Yes. And look, I, I'll, I'll never forget um, the person I met. Um, you know those people who say that they're never going to retire. Retire. There's now a word for them. They're called never tirees, and oh, it's in the oh, dictionary. Great word. <laughs> but it reminds me of um, an, a gentleman over ninety years of age who uh, his profession was he was an ophthalmologist, and even past his ninetieth. Um, birthday he was still going into his practice one day a week maybe two days a week when he was uh, you know really feeling good yeah and I thought wow that's yeah I know but just think about how the employees felt about that and I have another example I will give you about a woman who had found uh, founded an organization and was its head for 30 years um, she has developed um, early stage. She had Parkinson's, which is related to dementia. Mm. She refuses to to leave, and she comes. She pops in quite regularly, and talking to her, you know, it is very unsettling for the staff that are now running that organisation to have the previous boss popping in, you know, mm. and and checking up on them. You know, there is a time we have to just say, well, that's one stage. It's finished. We need to move on. Right. Okay. Um, Now, it's an interesting process. um, And for those people who haven't been through it yet, Alice, how would you describe the process of transitioning from being that full-time professional to making that step to the next stage of life? I think, look, there's lots of ways to do it. I think in a sensible way. There are probably three things that you can do if I can, and I'll just put them into broad categories. One is preparing your own financial um, situation, and that that's something only you can do. And that's looking at your super, looking at your assets, looking at your debts and, refu- and reducing them, looking at your mortgage pay repayments, that kind of thing. Right? That is something I think every sensible person needs to do, and just to make an assessment about where they are, how can they, you know, get the best result out of that. Um, You know, they can make additional payments to their their superannuation. Seeing a financial advisor might be helpful. I I know you have a somewhat more positive view of financial advisors, but they're really only useful if you already know what you want to do, in a sense. So there's there's those sort of financial things which I think everybody should do. Then the next thing is looking at the broader, the non-financial things in your life. And, and these can depend a lot on your on a broad range of things. 
You can look at your family situation. You know, if you've got children or grandchildren that need your help, looking at that. You can look at your social activities. You can look at your mental um, state, your physical preparation. You know, get into an exercise program. I'm not talking about going to the gym necessarily, but doing things like join a walking club, join a yoga class, do, um, you know, take up kayaking, who knows. You know, the things that you enjoy doing already really are the things that will carry you into uh, your new life. Um, or, you know, if you've always wanted to, to do painting, and I've got several friends who are doing this at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, always wanted to, you know, were very good at it at school, at, at, at painting and drawing, never had time in the working life and suddenly thought, oh, you know, I could actually do this. So what you would, you know, join a, an artist, a painting class, they go out, they have little expeditions around the place and do, you know, painting in the open air or still lifes or whatever they're doing. It is those things that you have always wanted to do. This is a great time to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's um, having social connections is as important as doing anything else because, you know, stepping into retirement and, and leaving your you know, your colleagues, your work colleagues in the life that you have known can be a very lonely experience. So having, thinking about what do you enjoy and, and who are the friends you want to have in the future is actually a really important part of that. Mm. And the third thing um, I'm going to suggest for that I think everyone can do is there are a lot of public um, services out there uh, to assist people in that retirement stage. There's um, New South Wales government, I'm just talking about New South Wales, but I think all the other state governments do it, have seniors um, events, they have concerts, they have writing competitions, they do um, lots of things for seniors weeks, but generally they do things as well. You know, you need to become informed about those sort of concession cards. For example, the seniors card, um, which gives you concessions to going to the theatre or the movies or whatever, um, having uh, concession travel cards, train travel, you know, $2.50 for a day is yeah. fantastic yeah. and you can go all sorts of places with that. Um, there are a lot of, of uh, concessions available to people who are retired. Um, I also think going to, so going to seminars that are available for free, mm-hmm. Centrelink runs a heap of them, um, but also a lot of the super funds do as well. They They run information seminars and I think those sorts of public um, events that are free um, are a really good way of informing yourself about what else is out there and I think that gives you a lot of confidence that you're not just stepping into something by yourself but there's a whole lot of people out there and and remember you know that at the moment um, I think seniors that people over 65 are about 15% of the Australian population they're expected to be about 25 percent in 30 years so we are a growing cohort and we are also um we're significant economically in our society so don't think you're just a nothing once you've retired no you're not it is amazing the amount of information out there that is for no cost absolutely yeah Okay, Alice, our final question, and uh, remembering that this series is titled Facing Retirement Without Fear. So are you prepared to tell us what are you afraid of in the future? 
Um, I, I, yeah, I think I, I was afraid of having a loss of steady income. And I actually have done something, uh, I, I don't think by design, to be quite frank about it, um, but certainly I was concerned about a loss of income. Uh, for reasons because I, I used to run my own uh, legal practice. I couldn't pay myself very much and I didn't accumulate very much super over many years. So I was very concerned about how much super I had. You know, that's a rational thing. So I was very fortunate that I um, have taken on uh, a job as a legal writer. I worked for a legal publisher. I use the knowledge that I've gained in, in family law and, and I'm writing in criminal law at the moment, but but as a um, and doing something that I really love. I mean, I've always wanted to be a writer of one sort or another, um, and and so I've got what I what you would call an encore career. I have resisted working as a part timer, I which was certainly available to me, um, and continue as a casual writer because even after I've been doing this for a few years now, um, because. I thought, well, I want them to be able to choose when I have holidays. You know, if I if I am a part-timer, I have to take holidays when my employer says so, and that doesn't always suit me. I want to have holidays when I do, and I have. Mm. Um, not, not so much in the last couple of years, to be, to be honest about it. Um, but, you know, I've, I've taken overseas holidays of a month at a time when it suited me, and, and my employer had to put up with that. So... I was very concerned about the loss of income. I think having an encore career or a casual job that keeps you going, it's it's good for me financially. It makes a difference. It's also good um, intellectually. I I really um, enjoy being still part of that legal environment, not in a in a major way, but it keeps the brain ticking over, mm. um, and I think that's really important. I was also very concerned when I you know, went into, I closed my legal practice. I was very concerned about debts that I had. I still had a mortgage on my house and I thought, wow, I really have to pay this off, you know, and um, and I think that was one of the best things I ever did was I was, I'd, I think I'd officially already retired basically. Um, and I thought I didn't have a very big debt on my mortgage, but I thought just that freedom to know that I do not have to pay interest to banks anymore made me feel a lot better and I really recommend this to everyone um you know credit card debt can be really bad but also things like like uh car loans uh, you know they can very high rates I do think you need to think about that so I was very concerned about that I guess I still remain quite I've become a lot more conservative financially than I used to be I think because I, I do worry about that yeah. Um, but and I think the other thing that we, it is inevitable as you get older is to worry about your health. Yeah. Um, and and look, we don't know what's coming, and that's probably just as well. But we can do things that are good for us. So I joined a gym. I am I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a gym junkie by any means. I found classes that suit me, and I like going to them. Um, this COVID period hasn't been very good for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, you know, I maintain that and I think that's really important. All the research says staying physically active mm. is really a good thing in terms of preserving your health. So um, I think those are the main things that, that people 
worry about. Um, and I think maintaining friendships is also an important thing. I mean, I've, I've taken on a whole lot of, of, I don't know that I've developed new friends particularly, um, but I have developed uh, some new activities, like I was on a, the board of a community bank for four years. Um, that was an interesting um, involvement. I don't do that anymore, but I've, I'm on the board of other, of other organisations. Um, so there are lots of things you can do to, to stop, you know, to, to keep busy, I guess, is what it is. Um, I do think I've slowed down, but I really enjoy that. You know, I really enjoy not having to get up at six in the morning if I don't want to, you know, and I think yeah. you start to enjoy that a lot more. I've done a lot more things that I like doing, like cooking or gardening, not very good on the gardening, but, you know. Um, uh, I think those sorts of things are um, important. I think it's important to identify the things that you, you are nervous and worried about and, and you can take positive steps before you've actually retired mm -hmm. to reduce that. Yes, yes, I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Alice, with identifying the things that we're just a little bit scared of and um, trying to address them. Look, Alice, it's just been wonderful to chat with you again. Thank you so much for your contribution and um, our Facing Retirement Without Fear. Next time, I know that Alice has got for us 10 tips at least on what you can do to prepare for retirement. It will be practical actions uh, on what people can do to get themselves ready for that day <laughs> when it when it all happens. So thank you, Alice, so much for your positive. Oh, Estelle, it's been fun as always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So thank you, Alice. Okay. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Bye so, for now. I'm Estelle Kelly, Retirement Life Coach, and you can find my Desire to Retire podcasts at retirementlife.coach. You can subscribe at the podcast tab or book a call to chat on calendly.com forward slash retirementlife forward slash let us chat. You have been listening to the Desire to Retire podcast. Want to check out how well you are progressing in planning for your retirement? To gain some clarity on planning a meaningful retirement, try the simple, no-cost tools or access this special three-part podcast series at retirementlife.coach. I am your host, Estelle Kelly. Thank you for listening.